On this episode of Real Wins, we welcomed authentic co-founder, Bryant Hughes, to the show. We discussed what developers and operators should look for when vetting a creative agency partner. We chatted about what information to have at the ready, what to watch out for, and some tips on how to vet for the best possible partnerships. This was a lot of fun, so let's dive right in. All right, guys, welcome back to Real Wins. Uh, Mike, thanks for joining me today. Bryant, thanks for joining me today. Special guest today. Here we go. Love it. Had to bring in the special guest for uh, such a topic today, which we'll get to in a minute. Uh, Mike, how was your weekend? I heard that you went to a fun new uh, play place. Not not quite a play place, but an adventure nonetheless for your kids. Yeah, there's a, it's a new place. I think it started in Chicago. It's uh, called the Wonder Museum, and they have this... Uh, really cool uh, immersive art exhibit uh, that is very cool. The kids loved it. So it's like, you know, you jump on things, you touch things, and they sort of react and create art, and you hear things. It's it's actually pretty wild. It's it was I, it was, I think it's for kids and adults at all ages. It's some really, really cool stuff. So I had, I had a blast with the with the kids here, uh, with the kids over the weekend. I will say my morning with the kids wasn't so good if you want to get into that. <laughs> Let's save that for the, the After Hours podcast. Um, I, I, a little birdie told me that... Uh, Bryant, you had a kid this weekend, so a very different experience for you. Are you feeling rested and rejuvenated? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been maybe like five plus years since I've had a weekend to myself. Um, and so I had one and it was great. But by the end of it, I was itching for my kids and wife to come home. So, you know, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be doing that again uh, anytime soon. So got to enjoy it while it lasted. Yep. Yeah, I had a split weekend. We had like a snow day on Saturday, and then it was like a melty 50 degrees on Sunday. So, you know, can't complain a little bit of that Colorado action. Mm -hmm. um, but let's let's jump in. So this is a little bit of a different question today. Um, I think we're going to be able to unpack a lot with it. And, it. and it really has to do with how to onboard a project, how to sort of uh, look for and critique a good agency partnership. And I think this is something that we get often, uh, comes into our inboxes in one way or another, um, Brian, I know for me and you, it's it's a big one, um, but it really has to do with how do you vet a creative partner? How do you vet a multifamily agency partner? Um, so I think, Mike, what you were thinking today is maybe you're going to turn the tables on us and do a little bit of a 180. Is that is that right? Yeah, I, I would love I would love to because as you know, as we've talked about in the past, we work with a number of creative agencies, marketing agencies from our you know position as a as a as a manager of uh, property and and really establishing go to market plans for new developments. We've had the opportunity, thrill, privilege to work with a number of agencies and the not so good uh, of working with agencies. So I'd love to hear from you guys. You know, being the agency, um, what is the best way that you think or learn more about the best way you think for, for you know, whether it's a developer, manager, operator to, to work with you guys to do establish a fantastic marketing program from the creative end to the to the marketing services side? How, how, do, how do you guys see that um, rolling out such that you can create a great partnership and produce amazing work? Yeah, I'll get us I'll get us kicked off here, Brian. I know that you have a ton of great thoughts about this because you handle so much of the organization around how it flows with authentic. I will say that it's changed for us over the years, and I think we could get into like what those calls are, kind of how we what the nomenclature is uh, for authentic at this point. Um, but I'll start off by saying I think the number one rule of thumb is you want to work with an agency partner that almost annoyingly so asks you a ton of questions about your project, be it on the creative side, the unit mix, kind of what the big vision plans are all the way down to the nitty gritty details of amenities and, and so forth. 
literally on that first call because I think that's so important. But um, let me pause there. Bryant, you do a really great job setting context. So why don't you jump in and get us started? Yeah, I mean, in terms of how to approach uh, an agency uh, to kind of get the, the process started, um, I would say first and foremost, just like be very thorough with the information that you're sending over. Um, I would say more often than not, you know, we have like a project introduction form on our website um, that has five to seven fairly basic questions of a project. And more often than not, we're getting one or two word responses for each of those questions, which makes it a little bit difficult for an agency to really understand like the scope and breadth of a project. Um, you know, that is sometimes okay if the work that we're doing is super limited or if, you know, a different type of agency who's doing a very limited uh, amount of deliverables, um, you know, that may be okay, that sort of limited information. But when you're working on a project and you're looking for an agency um, that's doing comprehensive work, that's doing work all the way from branding to the lease up marketing, um, we really need to know as much information about the project as possible so that we can custom tailor an approach based on the specific nuances and constraints of that individual project. Um, you know, our approach is going to change uh, depending on some of those constraints and nuances. So we really just need to make sure that we're working within them and that we're able to deliver as much value as possible, you know, based on the, the needs of any particular project. So, so coming from a guy who loves to put, you know, one or two words into contact forms online, um, wh what is the pro what is the process for you look like? Presumably you schedule a call with them, some sort of, I don't know, you know, discovery call or other call to learn about the project. If, if I'm, if I'm calling you guys, if I'm setting up, you know, if I'm reaching out, I'm filling out a form with one word answers, I'm probably expecting a, you know, call from you guys or an email from you guys saying, Hey, let's have a longer conversation. So going into that conversation, what can I do in, the, in that position? Or what, you know, can developers and other owners, operators do to be prepared for that call to really help you, you know you guys be able to create the best package, best proposal uh, for the client? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you know, the good news is that if we are getting those one word responses, the first thing that we're going to do is want to hop into what we would call a discovery call to kind of ask some of those preliminary questions and get all those answers. Um, so, in terms of some of that information, um, this isn't an exhaustive list, but you know, the size of the project, uh, the type of the project, the market that you're working within, um, you know, who are the different renters that you're uh, going to be interacting with, um, or in the case of a condo sell through, um, you know, again, like who are those different potential buyers that you're going to be dealing with? Um, also very helpful to know where the project is from a construction standpoint. Did construction already start? Um, are you targeting a construction start date? Um, and then obviously, depending on the size of the project, how long will the project be in construction for um, and what's going to be the TCO date? Um, you know, we base a lot of our work based on that TCO date. Um, that's kind of how we determine when pre-leasing should start, when formal leasing should start. So all of that information just really helps us, again, tailor the specific approach that we're going to have to a project. Um, and all that information is super relevant towards this initial discovery call. Yeah, and, and so going into that type of call, I actually have two two follow up questions. One is how early or how late do you like to sort of really be able to get in, involved with the project? That's the first part. The second part is how much of the of those questions? Obviously, timeline is sort of a simple one that people know the answers for. But how much of how many of the other questions or how much of the other questions do you expect um, developers to come in with a fully formulated answer of like who's the target market, let's say, or things like that versus 
you working with them as we go through the process to really establish that and work on that side of the strategic process or, or creative branding, whatever it might be. Do you want to take that one, Chris? Yeah, absolutely. I'll take the first part. I think from a timeline perspective, it's always um, usually too, a little too late. Uh, I think thankfully, maybe in the last 12 to 18 months, it's felt like you know, it's getting a little bit better. I think there are progressive companies out there that understand they need to start this marketing process early and earlier and earlier. Um, that's not to say that we don't get those contact forms submitted where, you know, the leasing starting or the, or they're opening in, in two months or three months and they've done no, no pre-leasing. So that's always a, a challenge in and of itself. But, um, usually what I like to say is as, as early as possible, early and often, you know, in, in a perfect world, if we're able to sit with you at the strategy table before shovels hit the ground. And then as soon as things are off to the races, we're, we're building your kind of your vision, your name, your brand, your identity, and kind of putting together those early onsite activations. That's, that's the perfect world scenario. And that's what we would always recommend. So usually when we work with a partner the first time, they'll, they'll understand why. And so the next time around they come in and they, they bring us into those conversations because I think, especially the first time you're seeking a partner like that, you don't necessarily know that you need to be looking for that or that you should be working with a firm that advocates for that. Um, but I think time and time again, we see how important that is, uh, from a timeline perspective so that your leasing really has great velocity heading, heading into that, uh, TCO that Bryant was mentioning. I totally. I mean, I a hundred percent agree with the guys on that. The reality is a lot of the times that the marketing budgets come out of a construction loan for a project. Um, so usually we're starting to be engaged, uh, before the construction loan goes through, uh, kind of earmarked into uh, a project's budget. Um, sometimes that means we actually are starting the branding process before, uh, that goes through and before construction has actually started. Um, and what that allows us to do is when construction is done, we can get signage on the property as quickly as possible. Um, and why we really like to advocate for that is you really want as long uh, of a time as possible during construction to have onsite branding and signage that's pointing people to a splash website. Um, you know, we, we say a lot, like, when should you get started? Well, as soon as possible. Um, but the reason why we say that is because when you do have signage live on site, that's directing people to a splash website. Those are just organic non paid for leads that are coming in through the website that are going to be, you know, advocates for the project, uh, and potential people that you can reach out to for, uh, potential condo sales or, you know, future residents. Um, you know, and early on, maybe those people are more looky-loos and not necessarily people who are going to be pulling the trigger on signing a lease that early, but we can still use those, uh, emails to build remarketing lists, to build lookalike audiences. Um, it just adds tremendous value to the project and helps you accelerate kind of leasing velocity sooner when leasing does formally start. Awesome. I think to put a pin in that, I think one of the things we'll definitely all agree on is that start start early is 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 a one key takeaway, right? It's you have maximum opportunity to to really drive the best results from a creative and marketing campaign. So that's sort of definitely one takeaway. As far as sort of diving into um, the beginning processes, where you're really kind of starting to think about uh, after you've learned the initial elements of what you need to learn, learn about the project, the things you mentioned earlier and diving into thinking about how we're starting to starting to get to maybe the strategy or scope of services that you're thinking about that may work for this project. How do you work with a client to, you know, tailor and tune 
a, a proposal of services for them that works for the specific project, the project economics, the project goals. What does that look like for you guys? Thanks for listening to this episode of Real Wins. Brought to you by Authentic, delivering premier multifamily brand experiences and smart digital marketing. Authentic's proven approach accelerates leasing velocity, boosts rental rates, and increases long-term value. You can find out more at AuthenticFF.com. And by Charles Gate, the multifamily investor's secret weapon to help underwrite, go to market, and operate projects that generate market-beating returns. With an adaptive staffing model and on-demand leasing teams, Charlesgate empowers a better resident experience at an efficient cost structure for today's owners. Visit charlesgate.com for more. Yeah, I think to um, to recap really quickly, so the two the two calls that we're talking about here are the discovery call and the consultative call. And, and I think if you're going to work with a new agency partner, creative partner, you want to make sure, again, that they're vetting out the project to the best of their ability so that they understand what you're asking them to do as much as possible. And for us, to recap bullet points, discovery call is really a time for us to uh, get to know you. You can get to know us. We talk about timelines. We talk about budgets. We ask those high-level questions that Bryant mentioned. And then I think, too, it's a time for us to ask about who else is involved. What other vendors are you working with? What other expectations do you have for other partnerships as well? Um, it sets a really good baseline and foundation. And then we kind of sit with that and then we can kind of go back, discuss it amongst ourselves. And then on that consultative call, to your point, Mike, we can come back and say, you know what, here's what we think. Here's our recommendations. This is more of a strategy session where we're echoing back what we heard to you so that, Hey, does this go to market plan sound good to you? This is the rough budget that we're looking at here. Um, this is like a more or less like a mapping out of our approach. Let's chat about it. Does it make sense? Because normally what would happen with a lot of partnerships is you'd get a big fat proposal. It'd land on your desk. You wouldn't know what to do with half of it. And this is really an opportunity for us to take a step back and say, okay, here's what we heard. Let's set everything down on the table in front of us and, and talk about how we're going to work with all this uh, together um, and really crush our goals together. And that's the point of that consultative call. I think one of the nice things that I've learned from working with you guys uh, that is pretty rare um, in the industry, in the, in the creative agency side, uh, frankly, across the board, never mind in the multifamily space or real estate spaces, you do take that real strategic um, goal-oriented approach to the work you're doing. And in other words, we're not just thinking about painting a pretty picture, <laughs> as I like to say, for you know a, a nice logo and beautiful brand or marketing services campaigns, but you really, from what I see and understand, tailor that around specific project needs and goals. How, how did you, I, I'm just curious, two things. How, how did you start to sort of really lean in that direction? And then two, how can a client be working with you? Uh, do you need more information? Do you need to see what their goals are? How do you how do you have those conversations to make sure you're you're understanding what their you know actual goals are, what the results they're trying to trying to achieve, such that you can build a program to to help them achieve those goals? Yeah. Um, so, kind of going back to some of those initial questions and some of that information that's very helpful. <clears throat> you know, project budget is one of those things. Understanding how much they've allocated for you know marketing spend on a project is very important for us to know so that we can make sure that we're tailoring our approach to what that budget is. You know, sometimes people have allocated more budget than is necessary. Other times it's been less uh, than is appropriate. Um, and it's really our job to show our clients or, you know, the developer 
um, why the marketing that they are spending is an investment in the project as opposed to just an expense. Because the more that they do invest from the marketing standpoint and the more robust of an approach that they put together, it is going to drive returns into the project faster um, and, and help them maximize those returns. Um, so when it comes to budgets, timelines, again, the different constraints of the project that I keep harping on, you know, it's very important that we just understand those because sometimes we're working on a project that's a 300 unit building that we only have four months to execute the brand and marketing and then jump right into lease up. And in that case, we're going to switch our, our process around slightly to prioritize that speed. Um, on other projects, we get brought in super early in the process and we have a lot longer of a timeline um, and we can kind of take an approach that's a little bit more methodical and slow and steady. Um, but every project's different, both from a timeline standpoint, both from a scope standpoint, the different vendors that they're using on the project um, and certainly budgets. Um, so it's just important to have kind of the full details so that we can, again, I keep saying this, but like custom tailor the approach that we're putting together um, in order to, at the end of the day, accelerate their leasing velocity and maximize the returns in the project. That I'm going to put an exclamation point over the first part of that, Brian, because I think that's really important. You know, I don't think anyone here thinks that authentic is the perfect fit as a creative agency partner for every project out there. Um, that would be really great, but it's not the case. So I think, I think, I think though, <laughs> might, might be painful too, but <laughs> a little, maybe a little bit too much work there. Um, you know, I think though the point there is, find a partner that a understands the project b can wrap their arms around what the details are of that project and c are going to show you value for what you're investing and i think that's you know bryant has done a really great job leading that for authentic and i think it's 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 crystal clear to me now um you know maybe it wasn't before we kind of formulated that but um being able to show the potential roi to our partners on these projects i think takes what we're doing to a new level because it allows it allows the partnership to really unfold in a way where it's mutually beneficial. Obviously, you know, we're growing, we're, we're doing more, you know, amazing work with them, but they understand the value in the work that we're doing and they buy into that. And I think that that buy-in on the approach is such an important piece of a partnership with a creative agency, authentic or not, you know, being able to formalize that and, and having that in your back pocket from day zero through month 12 or month 18, you know, however long you're going to be working with that partner, super critical. That actually brings up another question, which is how do you guys deal with it or approach the conversations with clients when they may come with a stack of ideas that maybe are not quite what you guys think are the best way to create a brand or go to market? in the sense that, you know, I'm sure you don't just sit there and pound your chest and say, we've done 30, you know, marketing campaigns this year alone. And, you know, so, but, but you do have expertise and you do have a skill set and experience that, um, that the, the prospect that's talking to you is, is need, needs and looks for, but how do you, how, how do you approach those conversations and how, how could you advise a prospective prospect to, to think about those types of conversations where they may have lots of ideas coming in, but they, they, you guys may not, um, you guys may have other ideas you want to present or other options, you know, in, in the toolbox that you think are best for this particular project. You want to take that one, Chris? Yeah. To me, I think that is probably the case, Mike, on nine of 10 projects. I think everyone has an idea of what they want things to be when they come in, they have preconceived notions, they have you know, names that they want already. They have things that they're 
spouse has told them or their friends have told them or their investment partners have told them. Um, and I think for us, the, the kickoff call is just a really great way to kind of like get all that out there. You know, the, the kickoff call is probably pretty much a, a staple meeting for, for most creative agencies. Mm -hmm. I think for us, we really try to pull together all the notes that we've gathered in the discovery and consultative call, but then also, um, just kind of hear it from the horse's mouth, right? Like, tell me what your expectations are. What have you already been thinking about? Oh, you like these three names? Why? Like, let's get to the bottom of that. Um, at the end of the day, I always kind of say like the creatives should be left, left to do the creative things. And I don't think that a developer is necessarily the creative in the room. Um, I'm not even the creative in the room anymore, as much as I, I love the creative process. We have really, you know, great people on our team that can handle those, um, those decisions. And, you know, it kind of comes back to the trust thing. It's the buy-in it's tell us all of that stuff that's on your mind, but then let us sort of digest, let us come back to you with our recommendations and our thoughts based on what we've heard so far. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure, you know, it helps if you, as you said earlier, are really kind of reflecting and coming back to what the goals of the, of the project are. It's not, again, not necessarily to have uh, a brand or campaign that is appealing to, you know, one person or the development team. It's what is appealing to the audience that they're targeting for this particular project. And uh, on, on that note, how, how do you or do you, do you sort of think about that in a, whether it's in kickoff or strategy sort of sessions with a with a client to make sure you're, you know, you're, you're keeping the the audience in mind and the, and the customer who's going to be or the resident, the prospective residents who will be targeted with uh, with living in this in this property. Yeah, I mean, it's a part of a lot of different pieces of our process. Um, like Chris was mentioning, it's a big part of our kickoff call. Um, we have a whole section of questions and uh, different exercises that we would walk a client or developer through to really just understand um, the audience yeah, that we're targeting. Um, you know, there are a lot of different factors that play into that. The, you know, the specific neighborhood, the size of the project, the type of the product, you know, are we talking about a class A building? Like what's, what's, you know, what are all these nuances and attributes of the project, you know, really inform that. Um, and then during our brand and identity development process, we dive into that even, even deeper. Um, and along the way, we're using tools like Esri um, to kind of better understand, you know, market dynamics and trends that are happening um, in different geos. And that all really informs um, the recommendations that we do make. Um, and oftentimes, you know, the developer kind of has an idea of who that is before we get started. So oftentimes it's, it's not us necessarily bringing together these uh, super unique and out of nowhere ideas. Uh, it's, it's more so just kind of more substantiating um, where the developer maybe kind of thought that, that it already was um, and really just adding more weight um, and, and supplemental additional ideas to really just take it to the next level. Awesome. And in, in your, in your process, uh, what do you guys do or do you involve, or do you recommend involving other participants in this process? Like other members of the development team, whether that's the design team, architects, uh, you know, any other, uh, vendors or partners that might be on the project, do you like to have others involved or do you prefer to have a sort of a smaller circle? Yeah. I always kind of go towards who are the decision makers at the end of the day. You know, it's one thing to have, you know, six people on a call represented on the client side. But if at the end of the day, one person or two people are the, the decision makers, I don't necessarily want to invite kind of all these other opinions into the call. Um, however, 
if it's important to have them on the call for one reason or another, which I think would come out in a discovery and consultative call, um, we always want to make sure that they feel welcome and we can kind of hear their point of view too, because, you know, depending on the project, it could be even the family member who has a legacy in the, in the neighborhood or something like that, where we really need to consider, okay, this project has family roots. Let's hear from that family member or whatever the unique case may be. Um, at the end of the day though, I, I really do think it's decision makers need to be present, you know, hopefully that's an obvious thing. Um, and then being able to take that insight forward, um, so that in each subsequent phase of a project as it unfolds, you know, they can be on board, they can give the thumbs up and we can continue to move forward. Awesome. Yeah. I, so listen, I've, I've loved asking you guys, this is going to help me a lot when I, t when I talk <laughs> to you guys in the future, uh, about working on a new project. So <laughs> I think, uh, now I have all my notes written down here, but, uh, what else, what else did I not ask you guys that can really help, uh, help if anything, if that can help a client really get out of the gate working well with you guys from the start. Yeah. I think, I think one interesting question to ask out loud would be like, maybe what's the number one or one or two things that you would, that we would suggest or recommend that, um, these owners, developers, operators are looking out for in their creative agency partners. I think Brian and I might have a slightly different answer to that. Um, not to put you on the spot, Brian, but what would you say to that? Like, what should people be looking out for? For their creative agency partner, what should they be looking out for when they reach out? Yep. Yeah, um, I guess I would want to know just the dynamics of the different people that are on their team. Um, you know, these these properties nowadays, when we're talking about marketing, we're talking about brand design, we're talking about web design, we're talking about web development, we're talking about, you know, integrating with uh, leasing software, email remarketing, there's just so many facets that, uh, mm. that you have to be an expert in, in order to lease up these, these projects successfully. So I guess just understanding the team, understanding where all of these different um, capabilities are coming from so that you're getting it from someone who has, you know, gone through that process before and who has those capabilities in house and can, can, um, yeah, can take them over the finish line. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of different ways that these projects can come together. Um, and I think any good agency will be able to kind of see the forest through the trees and be able to connect the dots between all those different aspects of uh, a good marketing campaign and really deliver something that's, that's comprehensive. Um, and that can get the job done. That's a great point. I didn't even, I didn't even think to go there, but that's a really great point with how complicated the industry is these days. Um, I would add that um, feeling comfortable and confident with your partner um, in that they know what they're talking about. Um, you know, we pivoted into the real estate industry uh, five or six years ago now, and I think um, it hasn't been it hasn't been very long, to be honest, that I felt like pretty confident in understanding and having a grasp of the entire industry and how it works. And I think one of the things that we see most commonly get kicked back to us is, or I should say, are groups that go with a non-specialized creative agency who kind of, they do it all, but then they, they lose that forest through the trees, um, concept. They kind of get lost in what they're doing. They lose focus. And suddenly the, the developer is left with something that they can't really use, or maybe they've stopped halfway through because they kind of lost focus on, on what the goals are. Um, I think being able to vet out a creative partner and show and see that they have a track record is, is really critical to a great partnership. I would agree with that. And I would, I would echo that. Cause I've seen it, you know, I've seen it from the other side as well, where 
you know, there's a, you know, a really talented, solid, strong agency, but just not a lot of multifamily industry knowledge or expertise. And it becomes really challenging. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of unique things about the multifamily uh, real estate industry that are extraordinarily helpful in developing creative branding or even marketing campaigns that matter a lot. Right. And it matters a lot. And so that expertise, that experience is hugely important. And, you know, especially if you can find someone that brings the huge, you know, huge talent of a, of a you know, high level studio agency, but also has that multifamily expertise. That's that's uh, that's a that's a rare, a rare beast indeed. Not to toot you guys up too much, but <laughs> but uh, but that's a rare it's a rare mix for sure. Well, Brian and Mike, this was super fun. Uh, Brian, you passed the test. You're welcome back anytime. Sweet. Thanks for Thanks for coming Thank on you. today. Wait, wait a minute. Wait, Chris, Chris, Chris. I didn't, I didn't get to vet that first. What's going on here? You gotta, you gotta say, hey, That's true. You have to uh, vote well, on this. I have this. one vote for Bryant. Can come back. He did a great job. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm kidding, Brian. That was awesome to chat with you here, and welcome to Real Wins. Hopefully, again. Yeah, let's do it again.